Hello, Mech Warriors, and welcome to the Mech Bay, where we fix your mech and fix your game. What's going on, Mech Warriors? I'm your host, Josh, and today I've got Denim, the co-host, with me today. Dustin's sitting out for this one, but instead we cram three of the other Battletech podcast people into his hot seat. We've got Coach Andrew and Bloodbath from Wolfnet Radio on today. What's going on, gentlemen? Good evening. Good evening, guys. Thanks for having us. We appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate you guys being here. <laughs> we appreciate you uh, keeping Dustin's seat warm for him. But let's get that hobby coolant flush going. And let's talk about what everyone's been working on on the tabletop with. So I'll just kick things off and say I finally got everything I own primed again. So we're back to 100% no gray plastic or metal, which I, it feels good. It feels good. I, I can like take things to the table without like an entire thing of shame. Congratulations. You're like probably the first person to do that. If I ever have that, it's because I had a fire and I had to start over. Oh, <laughs> that will be the only way I will ever, ever get to that point. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a bin right behind me right now that's got like 200 of the new plastics, oh. not even my old stuff, which I also oh. haven't finished painting. I, I'm right there with you, man. I bet Andrew has more minis in blisters than I have minis, period. Oh, man. I'll second that. That's probably true. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just gave Josh a, uh, what a, a chameleon in a blister that I just had laying around, you know, it's one of five primed. It's yeah. already primed. Yeah. Assembled and primed. Just waiting for the base coat. So you just slid that right in and said, still primed. Everything's still primed. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to do any work. <laughs> What's up now? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Primed up those dropships, the uh, Union, Overlord, and the good old Leopard, which, you know, looks a little weird when you put it next to the uh, Spheroids. It's kind of well, like all... one of these, one of these doesn't really belong. <laughs> they're all map them. scale, which means that they're not scaled with each other either. There's one but thing they're that all I'm scaled looking for forward to that I haven't seen yet for dropships. I haven't seen the Leopard class aerospace version the, with the large the CV, rear right? wing. CV. Yes. Yeah. I want to see that style. Out and about. That would be sweet as a variant. Yeah, that would be cool. So when I met, I'd have no idea because I've never seen a picture of that one. Oh, it's got the weird tail that, that sticks out the top, and it's got a lot of aerospace bays instead of the two big mech bay doors. I think it carries oh, a wing. Yeah, maybe not six. a wing. A squadron. A six. Six, six aerospace wing. That's a lot of shalones. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got I got six shalones here of all the from the Kickstarter, so I, I need a ship to put them in now. I've been <laughs> I've got a whole bunch of stuff from uh, Hardware Studios, so I have I skipped right past the map scale and go to mech scale stuff. So as of late, I've been putting together I got a three leopards and one of the uh, unions that I've been magnetizing and getting ready to go. So we. Uh, we're going to have some events coming up, but I want to have some drop ships as terrain features. So, that, yeah, lots, that lots uh, mech scale drop ship is the big thing. Yeah. I mean, if you're an Alpha Strike, it's objective, it's terrain, it's line of sight blocking. It's it's the whole map. You just need one. You just need one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got to get one done, though. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst all the other things I got going on. So 
but yeah, it's coming together. As it comes together, I get more excited. So hopefully I'll keep the passion rolling and get it done. No, that's great. Uh, Denim, let's go to you. Keep it going. What have you been working on lately? Yeah, well, uh, I've been stuck at home for over a week because somebody got COVID and not me. And, um, <laughs> but, but I'm stuck with the whole, <laughs> with the whole, uh, have to, have to be isolated. So my plan, of course, was to go ahead and finally finish one of my trinaries of smoke jaguars, and I primed them all up. So a smoke jaguar that's halfway done anyway. And then I just spent the entire rest of the time reading. So I got through three more Battletech novels instead of painting. So that's my hobby progress. I just, I just want to do the, you were elected to paint, not to read. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I know. Okay. All right. That, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's progress. I read my my. I don't know if you guys know, but uh, my my COVID plan, my objective was to reread every single BattleTech novel, and I had I have more than half of them in in physical <laughs> copies, but then I just picked the rest of them up on on Kindle versions, and uh, and I am I have uh, three more books of the Dark Age to go, and then uh, and then I'm almost all caught up. Really? So I have read about. Over the last two, two and a half years, I've, I've read about 150 novels. Wow. Kudos to you, dude. Well done. That's of which most of them I have already read before. But, uh, wow, yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted a refresher. Refresh. Yep. <laughs> F, F5. I've read more rule books than I have uh, lore books. I'll put it that way. Oh, the jihad was so bad for that because there's no real novels. And that's what I was doing was just reading <laughs> the jihad source books. And I'm like, oh. Those yeah. were so hard. Those were so hard to get through too because of the style that uh-huh. that they went with with it was how horrible, they wrote yeah. those books. They bounced around and it was, you know, news feeds and news articles and you didn't know what was true and what wasn't. And I, I they captured you know, they captured the chaos of the time, but it was really, really hard to nail down if you're trying to research something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, is so Hans Davian Sun Tzu Liao's father or not? Like, like yeah. we got to know. Yeah. That, so. That's what they said in the Jihad source books, was that, that, that they found that somebody discovered that. So, true? Thanks. Not true? I hate it. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Basically, it means Davian wins, because Davian's bloodline <laughs> is everywhere. Everywhere that feudal system right yeah <laughs> keep it in the family <laughs> oh. oh yeah i was uh, i'm up to that dark age novel so yes Ugh. you are you are a you are a gentleman for trying to bull your way through those again uh. all right so what is the wolfnet crew been up to let's start with coach what have you been working on uh. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I've I've been rereading the same thirty pages for the last two weeks, and then still find out that I missed a lot. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use a spell check first and foremost. It's um, still hobby progress, though. It's still yeah, hobby progress. Uh, I I've been uh, for the last what month. Uh, yeah, putting together the layout for the version two of the Alpha Strike 350 rule set. And um, we've been 
version after version after version of version 2.0. So uh, it's finally released. We released it Friday uh, a couple days ago. Um, and then I promised myself that I would take an entire day off <laughs> of not reading every blog post, reading Discord, reading this. I, I couldn't do it. I still had to. I still had to. But um, I actually got out um, some masonite and magnetized it, got my buildings out, and I started putting together a uh, primary large terrain set that uh, will be like a cityscape. So nope. I got I'm those give all. You a hard time when you showed the pictures. I don't think I think the two buildings in the back. I, I don't think there was two inches between them. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't care anymore. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Mech takes a turn down a one-way street, hopes it has 360. <laughs> uh, they're magnetized, so I could I could swap them around, which I kind of wanted to do. But uh, yeah, I I could fit a mech in between pretty much everywhere, but I don't care anymore. Right now, my brain is so fried. I had to bust on you just a little bit. I was gonna paint last night, and I, I, I I'm. Tr- I really need to like try to get myself into like, let's paint. And every time it's like, oh, but I should do this or clean this up or put these minis together or do that. I'm build build another list. I think I, yeah, build another list. That's uh, <laughs> I think I'm five miniatures away from having all my miniatures at least put together. So okay, that's the almost thing. there. I I ordered a, a lot of VTOLs lately and. Then I decided I had to magnetize the rotors, so that takes a while. <laughs> but no, that's yeah, it's it's been a last busy last couple of weeks, so No, no, I'm I'm excited to dig into three fifty version two and see what works, see what doesn't work, and see what needs to wait for three To Andrew's point, the large primary template is considered one piece of terrain. <laughs> So, <laughs> hey, oh, all right. I forgot we're on not our podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you have visual signals. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work. That'll work. Message received. Sir. Andrew got the message. <laughs> Winks as oh, good as a message to a blind bat. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's it's been a lot of the same um, editing and and rereading and writing and, and taking notes and trying to help Aaron where I could with getting the version two written and done. Um, again, I've been working on the drop ships and getting them magnetized and put together. And uh, I've got a couple more uh, mats coming. Aaron, I was home over Memorial weekend and Aaron showed me how he's, cutting hills now which is stupid easy so i'm gonna start trying to get some of that done as well i got we've got battle barn coming up for gen con weekend um i'm gonna try and run a little event here at the game store that's five from five minutes from the house and then uh the big one that we're gonna start getting ready for is lvo everyone loves the las vegas open Hopefully, BattleTech will make a make a showing. I'm, we're we're hopeful that we'll get a good turnout. So, y'all get the West Coast, I get the East Coast, and what else does that leave? 
<laughs> well, big giant crack down the middle. That's a <laughs> big crack. A big yeah. crack in the middle of where we live. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that sounds awesome. And uh, I, I will say, when I sent out the invitation, I was like, "Well, they won't be done with 350 version two by then." So, yeah. ha ha ha! <laughs> Showed hey, you guys. We exceeded expectations for somebody. I like it. All right. Yeah, I, it, it's it, never going to be done. But. It will always be evolving. But yeah, this is uh, this one we feel really, really good about. We've Aaron did a bang up job on layout, and uh, we just we had some extra help on getting things worded appropriately or correctly, and just flow of the document feels a lot. We, we're happier with it. So hopefully, others see the the work and or it's a, recognize it as well. So no, it sounds awesome. Uh, Bloodbath, what have you been working on lately? Besides the 350? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have really done nothing um, for myself. I think, yeah, it's been devoted to testing and helping other people, um, keeping updated with um the Discord channel, um, doing Tuesday night fight nights, helping out with that, just being there to have fun. Um, uh, some people have movie nights. Some people have uh, lists they want to change. Some people ask about random questions. It just just being versatile and diverse, and also helping out with events. So it everything and anything. I don't do a whole lot of rules because I don't articulate enough to be verbiage for the for the rules. So I just stick with playing and then looking at examples and then trying to break them, test them. We look for solutions to problems. We look for scenario changes. And I think that's the main thing is just helping with testing. The perfect rule set sounds perfect to you. You know, put it in an application and start rolling. Well, where it's never going to be perfect because there's no such thing. Matt but, and Tommy do a fantastic job of finding ways to reinterpret or break things that we never even thought of and went, oh, didn't think of it that way. So puts us back puts us puts us back to the drawing board. Puts us back to the drawing board. It's been it's, we actually have, I think, a really, really good process that that works for us anyway. I mean, it definitely works if people are playing it, and there's a bunch of people playing it, so the want is there. That's hopefully hopefully that's purpose. (laughs) Hope they're doing it. (laughs) We're putting a lot of effort into it, so hopefully people are enjoying it. Yeah. So yeah, so I wanted to have you guys on today to essentially talk about the progression of Alpha Strike and and classic into like competitive slash organized play, like. As we're getting out of COVID, we're seeing a lot more events rise and kind of pop up organically. Like we have Nova Open, we've got the Las Vegas Open, we've got NashCon, Southern Assault, a whole bunch of not linked together events. And some of them are running classic, some of them are running Alpha Strike. And everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And I wanted to kind of, want to say, have a roundtable discussion of what seems to be working at these events, what's creeping up to be, you know, problematic or just things that need to be FAQ'd that were on the radar of Catalyst or 
aware to the play groups like me and you and be like, okay, I could do this, but I'm not gonna. So, yeah. So, oh, man, that's there, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> well, I mean, but the first the first thing is, is we have to acknowledge that there really wasn't a competitive anything for any of the formats for uh, forever. I mean, yeah, forever. There's the blood name trials. Um, I think they dabbled in trying to do a tournament here and there. But Battletech was always just um, grinders. You yeah, grinders and Yeah. Narrative campaigns is what it was designed around. Narrative campaigns. Uh it, it, it's it's and it's all centered around classic, which is uh, a very I I liken it to a D and D kind of a thing where it's very in depth, um, it's very articulate and detailed, um, and it's very hard to do a tournament format when you're that detailed. Like try to try to imagine doing a Dungeons and Dragons tournament. <laughs> I just I, I can't imagine how that would work because there's so many variables that can happen and all this other stuff and, and they have them near me I'll, I'll say that well, yeah they, yeah uh, but Shadowrun Shadowrun does an amazing job every year of, of doing um, of course they're not tournaments right the, they're just running through scenarios and stories and things like that yeah they're a collective yeah, I, campaign kind of a thing right it's not a tournament you're right. I follow yep yeah. And so I had I I was involved with X Wing almost from the start. Uh, X Wing miniatures. Um, I was at Gen Con 2013 when they ran their first tournament. I've I've always been a BattleTech guy, but I wanted to branch out, and I'm also a big Star Wars nerd. And Star Wars and miniatures, you know, that's the best. So I got to experience a lot with that, and it just blew up from there. Um, had, you know, we started our own podcast and we were going to all these tournaments and regionals and all this other stuff and having a blast meeting all these new people. It was competitive, but fun. And in the back of my head, I was like, oh, if only Battletech could do something like this, like this would be great. And then X-Wing just kind of decided to shoot itself in the foot a couple times. And uh, the first round wasn't enough. <laughs> Yeah, it shot itself in the foot and looked down and said, "Oh, I've got another one. <laughs> I've got and, another one." <laughs> and then you came over to our dark side, right? And so uh, <clears throat> met Matt and Tommy from the comic book store that I once owned, and I'm glad I don't anymore. Um, and they play BattleTech, and 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 I, I think Andrew and I dabbled in Alpha Strike. Matt and Tommy were very classic players, so we did a little bit of both. Um, and then I just kind of kept picking Matt and Tommy's brain a little bit, like, hey, should we maybe make some rules for Alpha Strike that we can do this? And then the podcast started, and then Andrew came on, and then yeah, it just kind of snowballed into, could this be a thing? And four years later... <laughs> Four years later, your soul's stuck, and you know. But but BattleTech has never had what we're trying to put forth into the BattleTech community. They never had that. So yeah, there have been tournaments because in the early '90s, I went to one at the Hobbit in Fayetteville. But but as a person who has gone to other gaming tournaments, 
you could tell that uh, it, it wasn't designed for it. There was a lot of people standing around going, well, this, this doesn't really work. And then the, uh, you know, the people in charge would just come over and say, we're going to hand wave this part and you're just going to have to do this and you're just going to deal with it. And we're like, at the end of the day, we just wanted to play Battletech. So we did it and we just, you know, did the whole, just tell us who won at the end. You know, you're yeah. going to have to tell us who won because this, this isn't clear. And, you know, we've, we've made that comment a couple of different times on, on our podcast as well is the mentality of a Battletech player in what we're trying to do or what, what we've put out, um, you know, to Aaron's point earlier, you know, there's, there's uh vehemence in the community as well about don't put that. We don't want a tournament format for my game. Right. Um, there are, there are folks that I still get email every once in a while from somebody giving me the business about why are you making a tournament format for, for our game? Not, not a lot you can do for those folks, right? Do, do, do um, they know they don't have to play your, it, you know, that's, that's always my point too, is I'm like, dude, if you, if, if you don't like it and we're, we're doing something, don't come. I mean, it's, it's, a very simple thing, but for you to to think that y- you have the right to tell me what I want to do, yeah. you have the choice to not come. Don't yeah. come. Matter of fact, I don't want you to come if that's your attitude, because all you're going to be is a problem, right? Toxic. All you're going to do is cause people is you're going to cause problems for other people, and that and that is thankfully something we have not really had at any of the events that we've ran where we've had an overly toxic player that we've had to have a conversation with or remove because we are, we're, I think, I'm, I think I can say this confidently that the five of us are very much on board that if we have a toxic player, we will remove the toxic player before we let them ruin it for four or five people who want to be there. Yeah. And, there's, that again there's is something for go ahead. go ahead there's there's multiple opportunities to for that person to when we mention hey do you see the difference in what we're trying to have here today and what it's not being today and there's an element that's causing that and the other players are voicing that it's a problem so now that it's them asking us to do something about it now we have to do something about it. So we're going to have that conversation and it's going to be resolved one way or another. And hopefully the best way where everyone wins. I mean, our, our the whole thing really started from Aaron's experience with X-Wing and what he described to us and what I saw from him in the people that he met through X-Wing really drove Wolfnet and what we built on Facebook in the group of players that we've been able to attract to us really embody and embrace just enjoying the, the, the universe, enjoying the format, um, a, a great uh, conversation. Uh, there's a lot of fun and poking at everybody um, in good natured fun and poking um, that, it's just an enjo- extremely enjoyable group to be around. I wish I had more time to to 
be involved with all of the things that, that are happening because there's people playing every night on, on our discord. Um, so if you're looking for games, <laughs> we always have games being played and they're great people to, to, to play with. So, but yeah. I guess to, to circle back to how to start I'm sure you guys as long playing Battletech players know somewhere during a game of classic, the books get taken out and you know, the fingers get licked and you got to search through the book and search through. I don't think this rule reads this good. Well, I can <laughs> do it over here. Well, this book over here says 37 this, then, minutes later. But, <laughs> and yeah, it's just like, Oh, trying to match P or BV. And then, okay, well, I don't want you to play this unit from that era because it's, it's got, you know, medium pulse lasers or it's got this and it's got that. And, and I'm bringing 3025 and this and that. Well, conveniently, Alpha Strike just strips all that down and it's just one number. You know, yeah, there's special abilities. Yeah, there's this stuff. But it it all just kind of boils down to one. So we can kind of eliminate half of the of that Waste stuff. Of time. And, and we just wanted to basically give everybody an even playing field where your skill and unfortunately the the RNG gods uh, determine the game. So I think we've done that. So that, that was our real baseline of what we wanted to accomplish. No, I mean, it is a war game and a, a dice based war game. The key to winning will always be roll 12s and you win. <laughs> if I'm not rolling dice, then what am I going to do with all these goats in my backyard? I sacrifice <laughs> them to something. <laughs> And you speak about RNG gods. Aaron, Aaron's experience last Thursday night was quite fairly unbelievable. To be honest with you, when when you told me the story on Um, Friday or whatever, when we talked, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" I'm really close (laughs) to like boiling and boiling them in water or doing something. It was bad. It was bad. I got to take it. easy to do that. What are you doing? I'm, like, I'm sanitizing. <laughs> like, I could even hear my own dice going, oh, did you see that roll that matches, Dad? I'm like, yeah, shut up. I could see that. <laughs> We're not <laughs> going to do that tonight. Why can't you roll that? I'm, su- I'm surprised he can talk about it without twitching and starting to cry. <laughs> when you have conversations with your dice, you know the night's not going well. <laughs> and no, we've all but... been there, too, where it's just like, the the ones keep coming up instead of the fives or the sixes <laughs> or the threes. This is this is not working, and it can stay cold or it can get hot or it can start hot and get cold. And it's just sometimes you it doesn't matter what you do. You can do everything right or you can do everything wrong, and you can have the complete opposite end of the spectrum happen. Oh yeah, I mean, just recently, like we've been doing the the blind box salvage things where you just pick out four boxes and have four people play, and one guy ended up with three large pulses and a targeted computer. So his, you know, his two hits were never above like a four, and he would roll six dice, and they would be a one, 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 two, oh. one, <laughs> like like not just once, but several turns in a row. Oh. How does that story go? You're given the end of the world and every library to read, and you love to read, but you have no eyeglasses to see. 
you've got so much cheese in there that you should like you should be able to just roll two hits with one dice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See the RNG god saw that he was yep. given <laughs> the, the master uh, uh, of all things and said we're going to screw with your night. <laughs> it was funny. He I mean he he could only laugh at that point. <laughs> That's all you can do. That's literally all you can do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so so that's pretty much how you guys like came up with the 350 and all that. So I I remember seeing Aaron's face when he realized that um, X-wing was changing and not for the better. And it's just like, hey, should we start a BattleTech podcast? I think we should. So if you want to edit, let's start one. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, come I up think, with commercials. We drug people Matt, with us, and we started having Matt a lot drove of fun. the whole thing, but I think, the, but I think the whole thing was Aaron. You got to do the, all the editing. <laughs> that yeah, was, that was, that was the four hours of editing every time, was. wasn't it? <laughs> At least we weren't live on YouTube anymore. We need an intern, Josh. I'm working on it. Oh no, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's essentially how kind of our, the 350 was born. Um, didn't really think anybody would be interested in it, and then turned out there was a lot of people very interested in it. So, I mean, at the worst, BattleTech doesn't have a you know pickup game set missions like, hey, what are we doing today? Oh, the same thing we always do: put our figures on the board and we run them towards each other, shoot, kick, and whoever's yep. left yeah. after five hours of rolling, you know, wins. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And I, I remember seeing <laughs> all those times where people would gather at the tables and then they would argue for an hour over what they could play instead of just showing up with a set parameters and just roll the dice, start instead of, like you talked about earlier. Well, we need to figure out era. We need to figure out technology. We need to figure this out. Like, no, stop. Roll the dice who sees who who to see who plays each other. Start the timer. Go. Don't waste three hours of my time figuring out what we're gonna do. Just show up with a standard and start. Well, not only that too, but I mean, <clears throat> I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I always got hosed. When we did go through all the minutia beforehand, right? Mm -hmm. Here's a, here's the tech and the era and everything else. And you put together a, a really nice four mech lance and the guy shows up with seven wraiths and a spider, right? And you just, he's going to have all the back shots. Yeah. Why am I even here doing this at this point? Right. I mean, it's, it's one of those, you know, we're, for me, I'm I'm a lore guy. I, I love the lore, and you know I will always try and reflect that when I'm at the table. And there are others that are, you know, uh, tactics did, guys. Max say this. Max Max said this weekend they weaponize math. <laughs> right? Uh, they find a way to make BV or the math weaponized so that they can you know min max the everything and and come out on top 
And for some, that's that's the game, and they love that. And you know, more power to you. But it makes it really, really hard for people to come back to the table and play with you if that's if that's the tactic that you that you follow all the time. So yeah, exactly. Like like some people treat it as a puzzle, and that's their game is solving the puzzle. Whereas others people treat it like you know this is what's happening in my imagination, and I want to you know I want to have fodder for my you know for that internal movie that I've got playing in my head about this, <laughs> that, about this game. That ego. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to us, we, we were really hoping, I think the ultimate outcome for us was if two guys who did not know each other, but liked Battletech showed up, they're like, yo, did you bring a 350? Yeah, I got a 350. Awesome. Let's roll a random now a D8 and see what scenario we're playing. Well, now that the codexes have been announced for the different houses, then uh, it's going to be easier. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our ultimate goal is you could you could get a pickup game of Battletech in started in 10 minutes instead of a half an hour. You're putting me out of a job, man. That's, about, <laughs> that's what I do at the stores. <laughs> Heard but cats. That, that was kind of our ultimate we had a two pronged approach is one, the pickup game and one, the tournament seat. So, um, conveniently the rules just kind of wrote themselves sometimes to be able to intersect each other. And, and we got both out of it. So if you make a good mission set, you're not excluding one or another. Yeah. And speaking of mission sets, um, (laughs) One of the first things that we said we wanted to do was not have an attacker and not have a defender. We wanted in each scenario for you to be both an attacker and defender. Um, Because once you start saying, okay, you're the defender and you get 20% more PV. Well, you're the attacker and you have, well, that right away blows out the whole quick pickup game. Yep. So when we started... We, we had the, the, the scenarios that were in the Alpha Strike Commander's Edition and, and all the other books, and it, it seemed to boil down to all the time there had to be an attacker, there had to be a defender. And we're like, fine, we'll just make our own up. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we have a two-way street where it and, always changes? Yeah. We, we tried to do missions that would make sense when you get on planet, say you're trying to assault a planet or you're trying to do something planet, that's what the 350 is supposed to represent it as a, as a strike force from a larger unit or just a, a mercenary. But it has all the components that you would need to do X on a mission. And these objectives are what we thought you would have to maybe do along the way to complete your mission. So it started out with stand-up fight, which is pretty obvious. Um, capture the flag, which is again classic. <laughs> you got to have a capture the flag. <laughs> yeah. um, bunkers, which used to be called rampage, and I overruled it all in version two. I'm calling it bunkers because I kept calling it bunkers, and I did. I'm, I'm the one that even came up with the name rampage, which I don't know why, but it's bunkers <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, which is infiltrating your opponent's uh, hardened. Uh, buildings, either by doing damage or sending infantry in. Uh, domination, which is just your, you know, a physical representation of your unit being able to control uh, four-fifths of the board. Um, 
There is Santa fight, domination, capture the flag, bunkers, and king of the hill. <laughs> Which is again, I was just I was just gonna sit here and watch you struggle. I'm sorry. <laughs> in, almost in every in, in almost every scenario pack, you got to have king of the hill and you got to have capture the flag. So we did we we wanted it to be you know, based on size. Like I brought the big stuff and I'm in the center of the board. I win this round. So um, it started out where we had kind of three fast scenarios, two not fast scenarios. Version two, we're bringing on three new scenarios, which are overrun, which is uh, more of a, you know, take the three zone, the two zones in the middle and your opponent's uh, home edge. Uh, hold the line, which is you have an objective line base on your side that you have to prevent your enemy from capturing. And um, headhunter, which is basically stand-up fight, but you have an objective to go kill these two units or destroy these two units of your opponents and then capture their tokens. So um, all, all the scenarios are... Somewhat a play on each other, but uh, with certain different objectives to go for. And and um, we think with the addition of the new three scenarios, it's adding a broader range of unpredictability of what scenarios are going to be rolled during a tournament or rolled during a pickup game. Because when we first started with the five, we've done this in playtesting. If you brought a pretty fast unit, Lots of fast units. You could you could win the objectives one, two, three, four right away, and it sort of decentivized people from bringing heavier units, which is, I mean, half the fun of BattleTech. You, you know, big the, stuff, the big boys robots. coming to coming out to play. So, so we as oh sorry, go ahead. I was going to say as as the person who has not played much Alpha Strike, but who has played a lot of classic. Uh, you say the the three fifty represents like a a group that you would normally take to assault a planet with is that like is 350 point value like like a company-ish size or or bigger maybe like how, how many units how many ish units is that because yeah. obviously so, like it just depends on so we're not assaulting like a major planet this isn't regimental size this would be between two stars um you can't you know a star to two to two lances of of max Okay, with, so like a light company. Yeah, like a light company with infantry and combat vehicles as combined arms unit. Um, no, it's not. You're not putting 36 pieces on the board. We actually maximize uh, your whole 350 can only have 16 units in the army. Um, I would say it's more of like a light strike. Uh, the, the idea behind it was you're a small mercenary company, right? And yeah. you have you your mercenary company. I mean, and you look at the Great Death Legion series of books, and you look at uh, Kellhounds and certain things that are there. Where you know the thing that always drove me bananas is when no matter what game we played, somebody min-maxed or built a specific force for a specific mission at this specific time. Which, to and being being a lore guy, bothered me, right? Because you know a mercenary unit's going to show up on a planet, 
and you only have these tools in your toolbox. And if the guy says, go over there and do that, you have the tools in your toolbox to go, to go achieve that. So that's kind of how 350 came about. Now, how did we come up with 350? <laughs> I think Aaron, Aaron, Aaron's philosophy or how he came up with that was in the Alpha Strike book. They had um, different forces that were listed in the back of the book. He added added all of them up and took an average of what it was, and it came out to be 350. Oh, so that's honestly how 350 point value came came out to be, and then through playtesting. Uh-huh. Levy, I uh, wish there was a cooler answer, <laughs> but that's about it. You but heard it here, folks. Thanks, thanks for coming but, on tonight, Wolfnet. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> all my questions. <laughs> but through playtesting, and you know, the other thing that we wanted to be very, very cognitive of is eventually we, we one we wanted to have an easy, quick, casual pickup pickup game piece, but also being a running this as a, at a tournament for conventions or game stores, whatever, what have you. The idea behind it was, is that we wanted it to be definitely um, appreciative of other people's time, right? When you look at 40 K and you look at some of the other tournaments that happen at Gen Con where it's days, right? Mm-hmm. You don't really get to do a lot of other things when you show up at Gen Con or any other dimensions, you're there for days to, to play that tournament. And for a lot of folks, that's what they're used to. Battletech players are not used to that, right? No, they're not used to showing up at eight, nine o'clock in the morning and being done at eight o'clock at night. So (laughs) that is another reason why 350 and why the board is the size that it is and why the time is the size that it is, is we wanted to be able to conduct a tournament, but get it done in a day so that people could go and enjoy the convention for other things that they're there to do. Um, it fits that template of size of the tables, the amount of time you would think you would have between restroom breaks or meals. It, it fits really well. That way you're not too exhausted and overworked just to play a game. But if you need Whoa, to play a tournament, you play multiples. <laughs> Not when people start to get sweaty and smelly. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that and, I don't know, painting 36 miniatures to compete in a, in a tournament, I would not. Hard pass. <laughs> 36. 36. Well, I mean, That's, those are rookie numbers. We got. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, remember we made this before speed paints were a thing. So, uh, and, and another, yeah, another format because you can basically put it in a smaller case, and you don't have to carry an an, an entire giant case that's wheeled to move around. You can put it in a backpack, and you can hump with it all over the countryside. It's yeah. easy. And we've had that happen. I mean, I've had, we've had Mario, I've had Mario here in Minneapolis. We've had Ben here in Minneapolis. Um, we've had a couple of guys from up North, Chris Hesby and, and Tom Bovey have made it down. It's just easy to, I mean, the, the Feldher case is, you know, about yay big and that holds your 350 army, throw it in your backpack and off you go. Um, it's an easy thing to have in the car that if you have time and you put out saying, Hey, I'm going to be in the area who who's available to play. 
it makes it just slick to get together and, and start rolling dice and you get to meet people. And yeah, cause I mean, that's, that's the other thing that, that we've always been a big proponent of is the game is a social thing, right? It, Mega Mech is fantastic. Um, I think it filled a, a very big need during the COVID era, mm-hmm. but I am, uh, I, I want to, I want to get out and meet people. I want to roll dice. I want to watch their face. I want to, that's where the, I mean, you get stories playing Mega Mech, but the stories that you experience playing the game across from somebody else and sharing that experience. I mean, everybody here can, has a story of the thing that happened with this guy and at this game or whatever. Um, those are, that's what makes it fun for me anyway. I'm, I don't know. Oh yeah, no, like exactly. Everyone, everyone has their is, own thing. So Mega Mech is important, but I use Mega Mech more for figuring out ideas that I want to try. And all Mega Mech really does is makes me want to go play someone face to face over tabletop. More. Cool. Okay. Like that, that's what yeah. that does for me. And I also paint a lot of uh, terrain. And if I'm not showing off my terrain, what's the point? True. What do you so? What are you using to? Because you're playing classic. Are you doing hexed, hexed or hex? Yeah, I'm. I'm doing the hex terrain. I do. Um, most of it is the stuff by Steel Warrior Studios. The uh, the stuff that Thunderhead does. Okay. He, he does okay. a great job, and it paints up super nice. And uh, like all of his, you know, if he's got a ramp, you can put a mech on every single hex. He's got it so that uh, nice. you know it's very very usable. That's handy. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. He's put a lot of thought into it. Those um, those new people you meet, those relationships last forever. Um, you build rapport with your peers, um, younger younger players, older players. It makes no difference. You have fun with uh, a lot of different personalities and attitudes out there, and you learn and have fun with just so many different kinds of people. That's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the people I played BattleTech with in college um, are still the people I play BattleTech with today. They're actually the people I play with Mega Mech the most because he lives in Chicago and I live here. Um, but yay for Mega Mech for that. But whenever he does visit or I visit over there, we we pull out the board and we actually play physically because awesome. that, that's all Mega that's Mech right. does is is it it just holds us over until until we can actually roll dice because you can't. That's one thing you can't do on Mega Mech is. Roll, roll the dice. Which, uh, Wait for the load screen. We can we can talk about that too. I mean, you want to talk was, about that was one tabletop simulator. Then oh, you can actually uh, roll dice. I was gonna. I I, I have a gonna, yeah. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna. I, I have a campaign that I run on tabletop simulator, and it's yes, you get to click the dice, but it's it's still not the same as <laughs> true. This friend of mine, <laughs> and I've said this before. One of the times he got very angry because he is one of the people that that all the time, if you need a seven, you're going to roll a six. If you need a six, you're going to roll a five. You know, when he needed a three and he rolled a two, he then picked up the dice and hurled them against the wall and one of them shattered. Just nice. wow. And you can't do that in tabletop. You just can't. No, you can't. You cannot achieve the aggression and the execution of dice. No, he doesn't can, do that anymore. He's, you he's can much, flip the table. much you calmer can flip, in his old age. You can unlock and flip the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But yeah, we, we definitely use a tabletop simulator. We use mega mech um, tabletop more so because 
Mega Mech is defined by the rules. You can't deviate from them. Whereas in tabletop, you can say, okay, you've got the ability this turn where you can run through water. Well, that's great because tabletop is just like at a table, you know, you can just move it wherever you want. But on Mega Mech, there's no way to like go into GM mode and give somebody like special abilities or or to teleport a mech. You can't do any of that. Like like there's no, no there's no secret ways to 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 pop out of the rule system. So tabletop right. is a little bit a lot more flexible. You can adjust some game rules, but not yeah, but not all. Place. Like you yeah. can't just give yourself god powers. You can no, turn friendly fire can't. off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah. So going back to the like the three fifty. So I know Denim is probably not as aware of this, but so I always thought the moniker of three fifty was like a misnomer because you're actually only playing with two hundred PV, and I was like. You have a sideboard. You build an army and you go to war with, you know, only a percentage of that. Yeah. So so how did the, how did the si- yeah. So how did the At sideboard <laughs> come up, really? That kind of goes along with what Andrew was talking about with being able to have a unit set that fulfills several different type of missions, not just one type, not one trick pony where it's only being able to go fast. You can have some heavy hitters. You can have VTOLs. You can have some hovercraft. You can have that BA assistance and support. Maybe some artillery. It's It makes it very faceted to be able to achieve your objectives in different ways, using different strategies, different scenarios. Or you can, you can really mix it up. Because when you see your opponent's list and what they're bringing... And the scenario type, you really have to be thinking about what are my strengths, weaknesses, and how do I start countering? I love this so much more now. So, <laughs> so there's, more. there's actually kind of three games in one, right? The first game is, uh, so I'll, I'll preface this with saying, yes, the 350 is uh, you get 350 points to take to a tournament. Each scenario, though, is only played using 200-point maximum. So uh, you're technically not even using 150 points on the one scenario you're playing. But what this allows is I can factor in with my sideboard something that's across the table. So say he's, you know, I've got some VTOLs and I see, uh uh-oh, my opponent has two mechs with flak which flak uh, does a minus two to your dice roll against VTOL units. But my VTOLs are kind of my my move-in, my aggressor units. So then I have to go, okay, well, maybe I should back that up with some hovercraft that maybe do the same damage output, move fast. Um, that way I can sort of uh, trump his trick pony where he, he brought a lot of flak. Well, flak does nothing to hovercraft. Same thing with artillery. So they got a lot of artillery and I got some light structure armor units. Well, bring on the VTOLs because I can fly over the over the shrapnel. Um, so there's a little miniature game that goes on with, okay, he brought that. What am I going to take out of my 350 that can assure me a little bit percentage of a win over this? 
Um, the other miniature game is the terrain setup, which is <laughs> that's a whole other another cat in the bag. Uh, in X Wing, you can lay down asteroids on on the deal, and it and it alternates asteroids uh, per player, and and you can kind of set up shooting lanes or block somebody's over here. Well, we adapted that idea to the 350 Alpha Strike in that players take turns setting down specific size pieces of terrain. So you can, each board is going to be different every game. Um, you can take that, you can use that to your advantage or your opponent can use that to his advantage or you both kind of fight to do that. And then there's the actual game that plays out. So yeah, the sideboard was kind of a, a fun idea that we played around with because if you put 350 points on the table, you're not going to get done in 80 minutes. That's a lot of points. Well, I mean, the the major the the main reason for the sideboard is so that you could tailor your your force on the table to the mission that that you were going to play. So you don't um, you don't want the take all comer list for every no. game. No, no, when absolutely you not. Say you switch absolutely. from you'll get roll of having <laughs> heavier units. Um, all of a sudden, you have to switch to capture the flag. Like Domination. okay, recapture the flag. Yeah. I can I can sideboard my heavier units or most of them, and I can pull out my fast units, and I can intermix them however you need to make that 200 BV match or get close to 200. Some people, like, well, we've added in the rules, like, oh, we have ties on the amount of objectives one. We have, we're getting really close on MOV, where margin of victory is getting too close. How much PV did I take? Did I take two less than them? Well, then I win. So yeah. some people will short themselves just for that in case. Yeah, we, we mean, really that, wanted that, people to be able to tailor, like for me, in one of my lists, I have, oh God, I probably have 20 different variations of 200 points that I can put together out of the 350. And then I'll go through with a marker. I say, okay, overrun, hold the line, stand up fight, capture the flag and domination. Um, and I'll put a little label next to each of them. So when I show up, I'm like, okay, we're playing overrun. These are the three lists that I've kind of earmarked. Uh, what does he have? Okay, he's got flak. Okay, so the VTOLs are out. So we're going to go with this list right here. Um, so how does he know, how do you know what he's take? you mean like, what has he got in his 350 army? Because you don't you know, know what he's bringing, what two, you know 200 what points bringing, right? You know what Correct. they have. You don't know what their 200 list you is. You don't know what their 200 will be. One of one of the, the first things that you do, and this was something that we went back and forth with in version mm-hmm. two, is one of the first things when you get paired off is, is you exchange, the initial was you exchange the MUL cover sheet. Right. So I would give you that for here's the T O and E of, of my mercenary group, right? From some uh I just lost everything I was gonna say. Take your time. This guy is just like me, Josh. This is this is the me of their group. Every podcast has one. It's like if you got a scouting report, you got a scouting report from your intelligence. Thank you. Thank you. Um so here's here's your I see his whole list. Um, but I don't know what he's going to take for a 200, but like Aaron said, I can see that he might be heavy on VTOLs or he might be heavy on hovercraft. He's, you know, the, the individual, not he, the individual could be, uh, 
you know, a lot of heavy mechs instead of no vehicles or anything like that. A lot of that will give me information as to kind of how I might want to tailor my 200 guessing at what that person's going to bring. Um, in casual play, we, we've seen a lot of folks where they just hand over the whole thing, right? One thing that, you know, we got started at, at Gen Con and one thing that we've tried to stay pretty true to is being open to new players, right? Everything that we've done up to, you know, the, the premier level tournaments now are, are very uh, new user or new, new user. I've been working my ass off the last two weeks. So. Yeah, new user, new player, bet. new player friendly, where exchanging the whole list so that that you know we've stared at the MUL for so much that I know a lot of what a unit is already just by seeing the name. Um, not everyone has that that level of, of knowledge when it comes to it. So exchanging the full cards, you're not giving the two hundred until you're to your deployment phase, right? So you exchange the top card, you roll die to see who places terrain first, or the winner can choose to win first initiative. You've set terrain, then you roll for deployment. And at deployment is when you actually get to see your opponent's 200 list when, when they put it out. Um, and then you can realize, so oh crap, that, they're that, taking a bunch of Angel ECM. Oh no. Then that's where you, you know, Again, fog of war, that kind of thing. It's just things that we've been trying to incorporate where you don't get the chance to min-max and right. have a counter for everything out of the gate. You brought the tools to the to the to the game. Now you need to to satisfy the scenario with the tools that you brought. So And you need to be able to use your that. abilities to win. <laughs> Hopefully you set terrain appropriately. <laughs> Sometimes not. <laughs> oh no! That's where yeah, you forget fun. forget to have a transport, and you got that one little set of infantry. Like, ah, we're gonna walk to the fight. We're we're explaining like the nuts and bolts of the whole thing, but I'm pretty sure everyone has told us or swore at us that they say, "I can't get off of the MUL. I am making lists daily <laughs> or changing my li- like it making lists is addiction. half of the fun of this whole thing. <laughs> Deep diving into units you would have never taken. Field medics. Who would have thought field medics would be on the board? Because they're cheap, but they're very <laughs> useful. <laughs> So that's pretty much like the deep dive into like the history of 350 and what it tries to do and kind of where it's going. So I would guess I want to say like from the first iteration, like have you seen a shift in what players were taking like from pre oh, from pre 350 to then there was 350 oh. to now 352? Like what is the like kind of the history meta kind of shifted from? <laughs> so. I know, I know. It's a loaded question. It's like, well, there's there's so much. So when we started playing, we we actually (laughs) we we built lists, and then as we started to play it ourselves, we started to figure things out. And we actually, in my house, I I said these are 2.0 lists, right? We've figured out that you know there are certain things in that work better than others. But 
the nice thing with Alpha Strike is with how units are converted, there isn't necessarily a meta when it comes to units. Because a lot of a lot of the units can share the same uh, abilities and quirks and damage output and, and movement that it allows people to be a lot more uh, faction resilient, if you will. Um, one thing that that we with 2.0 that was a, a major change because of what we were seeing is um, faction and era. You now need to the the player gets to choose um, when you're going to build a list. The player player will pick a faction and an era, and then that is the available. That's their rat, if you will, for creating their army. So we what we were seeing is is that people were uh, mixing and matching the best from every faction. Cherry like picking. you're seeing Wolfens. Yeah, here, cherry picking is what we've called it. You see Wolfens and Hero Falcons and Butcher Birds and uh, Saxons wow. and a lot of these units that would never be together, but people found how to put the things together, especially with the initial five scenarios. Um, if you had a solid, fast army, you were assured a better than average outcome in, in winning win percentage. I mean, if you um, go back to the very beginning, the door was wide open. I think the only thing we didn't allow was aerospace just because we didn't know how to play aerospace. Yeah. <laughs> we attempted to read the book a couple of times and it's just like, Oh, this just doesn't even just sound right. So we were allowing experimental drones, artillery. I mean, <laughs> anything, anything you wanted. We were just like, let's let's see what breaks the game. And oh, I mean, Aaron's Aaron's drones. Me and my <laughs> me and my drones, man. Oh, that celerity was so good. So fast. It was a drone. It was a drone that moved forty inches, Ooh. and it was an omni. I could put battle armor on it. <laughs> but the fun part was you had to have a controller. So you had a... I had a lament. It? I had a lament. That was you the controller. So as long as we killed the lament first, then the celerity would just like... It took, them, it took them a few games to figure that out. But uh, was that a, Is that considered like a size one thing? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you could, you could charge with it and do six yes. damage? Oh, yeah. Yes. That's a lot. Of, yeah. And, yeah, it, and before before we looked at the damage, I mean, rules really detailed to say this is broken. It wouldn't take much. I yeah, mean, we could probably do and, it multiple times. And that's what we did. We we started with we painted with a big brush, and we would just play and play and play and play. Basically, we and would build like, a list. This list beat that list. Okay. That's not doing so well. This is doing better. And then you basically just kept evolving list after list of, okay, big max, medium max, fast max, max with vehicles. Well, max with fast I, mean, vehicles. I, th- I think, I think we started off with, um, everything but support. Mm-hmm. We did. We, yep. we had support, support vehicles, or support systems. No nukes were off the table immediately <laughs> yeah, because no they there were when you started looking at the CT to IT 
and then included support vehicles, there was an absurd amount of abuse that could happen um, with those units and infantry. So those were off the table. I mean, right so away. So I, I think the the timeline basically was, I think we got rid of experimental and support and uh, aerospace. I think I think we knocked those off the list. And then... I think the biggest change was uh, artillery. Uh, yeah, that six-inch template was just too much. <laughs> Long Tom's you're, you're killing had everybody. to go. Uh, I, I played a game against Raymond White, and he had a Loki Mark II that had a Long Tom cannon, which was broken beyond measure. A six-inch template on, on a... Alpha Strike board is by, really big. 36, does, 36 by 42 yeah. table. It's six inches covers a lot of it. Anyway, um, so the cannons were out because they were too easy to shoot. It's, it, plus, it's an additional attack. So now you've got mechs walking out there that are doing their normal attack and then a special artillery attack, and it's just like, nope, those are out. And, and that's kind of how it went. We just... We would try to... Find out what's a negative play experience. What is yep. breaking the game? What is what is clearly giving this player a advantage. leg up and an advantage? And we didn't, you know, some stuff we would just outright ban. Some stuff we'd try to limit it. Uh, that's the nice thing about Alpha Strike is each thing usually has a value behind it. So we went to uh, the two tubes of artillery. So we only have... You know, you can have one unit with two artillery tubes or two units with one artillery tube. And I think I think the game got really competitive there once we once we made that rule and, and a couple of quirks here and there. Um and then unfortunately jump strength reared its ugly head. <laughs> uh, which we knew about at the time, but we thought, okay, maybe artillery will take care of it or something else, but then it, it just it was it was pigeonholing people into playing, you know, one faction all the time, or or just taking an entire three fifty of jump strength mechs, and it just it it just wasn't fun. Like everyone's saying, well, they can't hit, you know, because they they're jumping and they're high skill fours and this and that. But most of three fifty is objective based, so you don't necessarily need to kill your opponent or destroy your opponent. You need to take objectives. You know, and assault mechs that are jumping 16 inches are kind of hard to take down. <laughs> yeah, well, it it was a negative play experience for the right. format that we've created. So that that is always at the forefront of everything that we do is how does this affect the format that we've created? So, um, I think coming up to version two. Yeah. I think that biggest question when they would have a negative experience is like, how in the heck do I counter that at all? Oh, I yeah, that's a tough one. Okay, so let's look at yeah that. the biggest the biggest curve we had, especially in version two was the faction and era. So we kind of limited limited the number of units a faction can pick or a player can pick from, and we we uh, equated jump strength to like artillery. So you can only have a value of two. So one mech with the jump other. strength two or two mechs with jump strength one. And then there the was other, uh, the other turret. big one was the. Uh, squad size for battle armor. 
Right. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, thankfully, the rules took care of a big problem that we had in 350, which was the load and unload of battle armor on fast units. So the rules got changed. We didn't have to do that one, thank goodness, because we really like to stay as close to the printed rules as we can. Because then once you start making up homebrew rules and this and that, things you're get all e- fuzzy. You're not even playing actual battle tech. You, right. Yeah. So every everything we do with Alpha Strike 350 is rooted and we try to stay as close as we can to, to the Alpha Strike at, Commander's Edition book. At this point, the only thing that we're doing different now is the CT to IT conversion. That is based on the last year that we've had um, and conversations that we've had with people um, based on the experiences that we've had. I mean, when you look at the last year and a half that we've had 350 out, because I think we started our, we started playing Curl Sisters a go-go in 2020, uh, was last year, right? Not 2021. It was 2020 was the first year that we played. I would I'm I'm confident in saying since 2020 we've probably I've overseen with the guys 500 games of Alpha Strike easy and through that in conversations with folks we're having discussions and in working on how what rules work what rules don't work and and thankfully we're able to hopefully make the game better. Um, <clears throat> The load and unload of infantry was was a big one, and again, it, it it's kind of with the format that we have. But go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I I do think it's funny because locally here we we play three fifty. We don't play the sideboard three fifty. We play a full three fifty game. Okay, so we don't. Okay, and. Out of all the games I played, even at the tournament, I never saw Jump Strong. I never saw CTIT. Really? You no know, abuse. Yeah. No, it was. It was just no fair, no yeah. era, no faction. It was just no experimental I, and no. So support. you haven't you haven't had someone beat you in King of the Hill in like two turns? No. Oh well, good uh, for you. What is what <laughs> is CTIT? Haven't had somebody beat you um, CT to IT. So the you have vehicle... CT is cargo. Okay. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, Matt. No, you, you got it. You started. Go ahead. Um, CT is a special that is uh, a value for cargo. Mm-hmm. So there are certain units that have a cargo, like the flatbed truck. Yeah. In the Alpha Strike book, you can, for one-to-one, trade out cargo for IT. So that flatbed truck, I could change the cargo six to IT six and mount got infantry it. up on it. Got it. Well, there are certain units that have cargo capacity that if they're allowed to do a direct one-to-one change, you can carry um, like three squads of assault battle armor on it. So you could effectively and, make an objective <laughs> transported to a fortress of battle armor to try and get through. You could you could have anywhere from ten to sixteen points of damage moving around the table at eighteen inches of time. So there's so 
two things there. One is the load and unload in the same turn. Um, that has been, um, thankfully, um, um, fixed. Now, that's and not official yet. With, with your rules, or is that... Yet. Okay. <laughs> it's not official yet. It's, it's on, I checked today, and I was like, and there's if I if I brought that up, someone would be like, show me the errata, and I was like, it's here on the forum, and it's like, no, no, okay. show me on the errata section. Right. So, okay. so that that's in the in the version six errata that's that's coming out. Yeah, soon-ish. I believe it will be yes soonish. All right, because that was my biggest issue, and of course, like the one thing, it's like logically from a classic player, it's like okay, they go on and. Then they come off the next turn, and and here I am learning at a tournament. You know, oh, they go on and they come off. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. if that wasn't the case, Josh, on that one that we did, then then your infantry never would have taken out my Shadowhawk and Catapult like whoa, whoa, whoa. all at once. Because I blew up your I blew up your transport. That and was you're before. like yeah, but it they was before. Was, but they get to they get to drop them off. <laughs> Like, huh, that's and weird. that's and that's how important that's how important those small details can be yeah. between a huge upset or being kind of even, you know. So within Alpha Strike, with the cargo capacity of some of some units, when you do a direct translation, um, interesting things can happen that are what we kind of deem or look at as abuse. Right, being able to use units that aren't technically built or designed to do the thing that they're now all of a sudden doing. So, I have an example to curb some of the, to curb some of that. Um, the the one rule that we have in in our rule book that is different than the Commander's Edition is the conversion of CT to IT is half rounded up. Gotcha. Matt, you had an example. Oh, that, uh, what was it, that uh, tanker? Cargo um, Saladin. So you could hold, like, what, 20, 20 CT? Yeah, it was 20 ridiculous. CT? So you could take, was, effectively, all of your BA in one vehicle. But how did BA get mounted into a water tank truck, coolant tank truck? That doesn't make sense. Unless it's just like considering the surface area they could just grab onto with a claw. It just didn't make sense. Right. And it was abused. (laughs) You shove them through that little hole. No. (laughs) I mean, if you're playtesting a system, you should definitely be trying to abuse it. Because if you don't, someone else will. Yeah. Yep. Well, for sure. I I don't mean that you should abuse it. Like, yeah, the iterative uh, process, it should be abused. You're heading those problems off of the path before they become, before they get to the city. I mean. Exactly. Cause more problems because as soon as someone else says, "Oh, I did that in a game. It's fine." Like, then it's like, "Oh, everybody's going to do it." Now it's like, "Great!" Now nobody can win against it. Yeah, you're playing the meta. And the the other the other main major difference that I think is going to help with with what we were seeing come out as well is the limitation to battle armor squad sizes. Um, a a big deal that we were seeing was squad six Corona SRM and squad (laughs) six iron holds and squad six tortoise twos, where you have battle armor that are throwing seven damage at medium range and then mounting them on a hovercraft that can move anywhere from 18 to 20 inches. Um, That's a lot of damage. (laughs) 
That's and costing up, 30 points. That's up to like <laughs> yeah. 22 damage hitting you at one time. And then moving on after your corpse hits the ground. That's so huge. Squad size change, the, the change to load and unload. Uh, it just, those two things alone will curb some of the abuse that we were starting to see happen um, across the board with at tournaments. So, and believe me, every version we're like, okay, I think we got it. <laughs> and then somebody shows up with something. We're like, ah, oh, how did we miss that? <laughs> There's always going to be an enterprising individual that figures something out that we never thought of. So, oh, yeah. and that's, that's part of the fun. Yeah. Yep. Do you, now, do you think that these are things that catalyst needs to see organically happen in non 350 things? And then they will, come at it from a different angle like okay we need to readjust how we calculate pv for some of these things or do you think you know banning or limiting units at in 350 and then that kind of spreading organically upward is the correct choice well to to be to be honest i mean we have we have conversations with catalyst uh with what we're seeing when we have something we're we are fortunate in being able to have constructive conversations with folks on at Catalyst that when we start seeing something like the Jump Strong, right? And Jump Strong does not have a PV calculation for it currently. You just get it, right? Um, that is something that through the our experience of running all of the games that we have, that we've brought that up and said, hey, so this is something you might want to take a look at. The load and unload. That was something that we brought up and said, hey, we might need to take a look at that. Water. Um, <laughs> water was a big one. Trees were another one um, that we, I don't know if we helped make those changes, but we brought those up um, in, and had really, really good conversations with people about what we were seeing and what we kind of thought this would be better. And we've seen really, really good change come out of it. Um, so we're, I, yeah, I think we're the more changes like this that can be made before the box set comes out, the better. Yeah. Well, I, I can't say, I don't think alpha strike has been played this much, or at least had this much limelight shown on it before we started our, our endeavor, I guess is what you can nope. say. I would agree um, with that. There's a lot of people that. I mean, there's a lot of people that are like, Alpha Strike, that's not even Battletech. And we're like, oh, really? <laughs> well, I just played a game with Josh, and I kind of agree. I mean, it has its place, <laughs> and I get to play with my with my models that I painted. But but when my, like I keep saying, my rifleman can't flip its arms, that's not that's not Battletech. Okay. Cool. And that's, hey, and that's fair. Which that's makes you look fair. forward to finding rear shooting units. Well, and there again... There uh, the MUL is always being updated, so yes, it, it, that's not saying that one day there is a Alpha Strike ability added of flippy arms Flip or arms. something like that. So now, I mean, that doesn't mean I'm not going to play Alpha Strike. I mean, I'm, I'm in a tournament yeah. uh, over Labor Day. I will, I will be playing it a lot, getting prepared for that. You know, as, as I'll play whatever people are interested in, but it definitely feels different than uh, than the classic yeah. version. And it's not now, supposed to I, feel like classic. Yeah. I, I, I you, keep trying to tell everybody it's not supposed to be classic. <laughs> no. Are you rolling 2d6 per point or are you rolling 2d6 for the whole? 
Yeah, I, I do per point. I, I can't do the, I, I can't, like, okay. if I'm... It's not I all or plated, nothing. <laughs> yeah, I have played it both ways, and I understand the idea of of this is going to go over very quickly because you're either going to like destroy that unit or not. Um, and, and I don't think rolling per point slows it down that much, especially since most people roll sets of dice. You know, if if you got four points, you're you're not rolling once. You know, one pair of dice four times. You're rolling four pairs all at one time. So I, I don't think it slows it down that much, but it definitely, definitely helps make it feel more like Battletech because I think, I think a lot of the die rolling is, is really, really helpful. There's just little, little things. You've played it classic looks like Battletech. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I've, I've been playing classic since 86. So, so any little changes, my brain is like, well, wait a minute, that mech should be able to do this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're thinking about that way too, too, you'll find detailed. You gotta, you gotta back it out a bit. You know, this is, uh, this it's, is zoomed out on your mini map. It's, it's a, it's a much bigger it's, field. It's, that's always a fun conversation for me that I always kind of get a small smirk and a chuckle to me about when I talk with somebody about Alpha Strike and they go off on a, a thunderbolt that has these, you know, it has a large pulse and three mini pulse SRM and, and whatever. And I'm like, it, okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it Alpha doesn't. Strike at that point. Uh, he, he, I'm, I'm glad you know all the things that are on the mech, but it's doesn't it doesn't play to what yeah. we're going to do here in five minutes. So yeah, all, all your uh, damage is now is now a number like a number three. Like all that is is now a three. That's what you and, got. And you can just appreciate it that it's twice as fast. <laughs> I I do like that. Like that's the one thing I do because I we we paint our minis and they look nice. And being able to put five or eight or even ten minis per side on a table and still be able to finish a game in under two hours is fantastically nice. I like that a lot. Right. Wow. I mean, instead I mean, of just being stuck know. with like one and one, you've got seven against 16 or 13 <laughs> or 12. Like, I oh, mean, my little we cronies are going to come get you. We talked about it before the podcast started, too. I mean, we're both getting up there in age as well, where we've got families and other responsibilities as well, that when you get a chance to game, it might be an afternoon, right? Right. And for me, one of the, one of the things that I, I, and being less tolerant of, of classic is being able to not finish a game that, that, that is, that irritates yeah. me to no end of I've been here for four hours <laughs> and nothing. And you guys died. are just going to get up and we leave because you're bored. <laughs> we aren't, and we aren't even close to being able to be, to call this game who won and who lost, but we're out of time. Right. Sometimes I, I, you're not even I in was, short had, range. <laughs> right, you right. Well, with those new wrong. BFMs, the new BFM <laughs> maps, like those things are huge. They're like twelve yeah. regular map sheets, and yeah. you can actually maneuver around for a while and still not be in range. So yeah, and I, that I was it. the reasoning for the size of the maps too, with table yeah. table accommodation sizes. It's, and then you're not you're deep. not wasting your time getting there. You're in the action shooting, and you're solving damage soon. I will never stop playing classic ever, but, uh, but alpha strike is just, I'm, I'm going to play it more for, for those reasons. I can, I can get more mechs out on the table and I can get a game done faster. Um, if you think about it this way with data points, 
you get more experience more often with Alpha Strike. I, I will say, like, I'll ask somebody who's like, well, have you ever played Alpha Strike in that eye roll kind of thing that they do? <laughs> but then when someone goes, you want to play Classic? Two map sheets? And I'm like, the exact same eye roll. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. let's just do one map sheet and get it over with, man. <laughs> No, Rolling the planes. Yes. I will totally play classic with you on two map sheet. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's clear the whole weekend. Give, give me the Rolling Planes original map sheet and let's just go. <laughs> I've got them right over there. I've got all the originals right there. Nice. I think this might just be like a personal thing, but I've never had games go longer than three hours where I don't know who's winning or not in classic. So like I, I personally don't have oh, issues right. with time. And but you haven't a, done a company on company battle either. No, but, but I understand. It's like okay, if I want to play a game, I have to do you know either a lance, a star, or a level. Like those are my three options for unit numbers. Yeah, you're gonna know within three hours with those, unless yeah. unless you're playing with really distracted people. And that's the thing, BattleTech players I've found are the most distracted people around very distracted right? people yes, and i don't know are. how don't know why but it's like if, if every turn i'm not like hey hey chop chop rolling 2d6 that so you've got 12 more medium lasers to go like i i got adhd already but then i'm also i'm also like the the person at the store who other people are asking questions because you know i'm their cdt guy so two tables over like while josh and i are rolling dice someone's like hey i need to know this rule i'm like i Okay. Denim, um, I don't want to read. <laughs> right? I have to pull out a different book. I'm playing Alpha Strike and they want to know classics, so I gotta go get the other book. It's, at, oh, at, tournaments, right at tournaments you can always tell the classic guys that are trying out Alpha Strike when you yell out 30 minutes left of the round, 30 minutes, <laughs> they're like, What? <laughs> we just started. <laughs> And then, you, and then you see that group of people huddled around a, a book, just like, uh, 16, 30, back to 30, 32 page, back to 14. Which Has anyone seen my tech yeah. manual? Right? Like, the, which the page? Other, it gives you thing. seven different locations to find one answer. And the other thing that I really like with Alpha Strike is uh, just the number, like you said earlier, the number of units that you play on the table for the same amount of time. And not only that, but having the diversity of units, right? Um, in Alpha Strike, everything plays very close to similar, right? I don't need a, another 20 pages of a rule book to understand how infantry play. I don't need four more pages of, of rules to understand how vehicles play. Um, it, it, it makes my shelf look even neater, too, because I got... I got <laughs> new units and different units that aren't just all mech. Right. Um, yeah. And I know that people come to BattleTech for the big stompy robots and quite a few people stick around for the big stompy robots. Um, I've been around long enough where the, the shine of big stompy robots is kind of over. I'm more interested now in the ancillary units and how they affect the battle and what they can do. That's fun and unique on the table. So, and you're starting to see more of that in the lore too, like fratricide, some lone infantry unit. Just neat I mean, stuff. Just like the, the Kickstarter oh, with you know getting VTOLs and you know tanks and vehicles. I'm like, which yeah. is awesome. I, I could, I saw them. And I was like, 
they're going to mark them towards classic, but I know where they expect them to go. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, like Grey Death from the, it was one of the very first books, and it it, it was very much a combined arms yep. unit from the beginning. Uh, they didn't even have mechs until they, they got some infantry out there to take them to begin with. So Smoking a locust with some? What was it? Yeah. Uh, uh, An Inferno SRM inf- launcher. Inferno launchers. Infernal. That's yeah. awesome. Yep. I mean, just not going to lie. I'm pretty excited about my Hell's Horses all VTOL list. So, <laughs> oh Mario, God. I want to see you and Mario. Omni VTOLs. <laughs> they don't have any Omni VTOLs, unfortunately. <laughs> they will. That would be awesome. Oh, that, that would be a sweet move. Hint, hint. But, uh, that's just more kind of the rules. fun stuff you that's can do more, in Alpha Strike. That's more rules questions of can battle armor go on the Omni vehicle then? Yeah, on the outside, they hang on the wings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm kind of pretty sure there are this. Omni vehicles. Oh, no. Oh, there's I'm Omni talking, vehicles, yes. There's yeah. Omni vehicles. I'm talking about a VTOL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's not, it's not that much further a step. Wouldn't that be sweet to read in the lore, like, elemental number three, my flap is getting a little well, loose. You want to push on it a little bit? Roger that. So, you got some damage. We'll get it. There, there, we got it. there we got it trimmed. All right, we're smooth sailing now. Yeah. Yeah. See if you can lock that down for me. <laughs> oh, what was that? That's good now. Don't don't just don't look at it. Don't look at it. <laughs> stick and rudder. Stick and rudder. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break and hear what's happening from both of our sponsors. As we are talking Alpha Strike, it'd be good to mention Fortress Miniatures and Games has brand new battlefields in a box so you can bring all the forest, rivers, and roads already painted and ready to go for the tabletop. And with the new speed paints, you can get your mechs base-coated just as fast. And for Ares Games and Minis, I want to say congratulations to Derek on going full-time with the store. So why not say thanks for serving the Battletech community by stopping by, picking out your favorite mech, and making him run to the post office faster than a dash or two. News of Wayne Waco's assault on Outreach has reached the greater sphere today. We go live to reporter Chris Chanson on scene. Good evening, everyone. I'm here in Harlech tonight, and the air is thick with death. It is believed this assault was fueled by Waco's personal feud with Jamie Wolf over the death of his son, John Waco, in 3008. With him appears to be elements of the Smithson's Chinese bandits, the 51st Dark Panzer Jaegers, and the Tiger Sharks. Anyone here can see, they are out for blood. Currently, their forces are split between what is left of the hiring hall behind me and the Blackwell Corporation, which is slowly being evacuated. Most of the civilian population is in shelters, but closer to the hall. We will try to get that feedback for everyone. Waco was last seen meeting with diplomats from the Word of Blake Protectorate. The Blake's press secretary was unable to be reached for comment. And in side news, we have a Battletech miniature raffle brought to you by Unicorn Company. By donating $5 to the TrevorProject.org and forwarding your confirmation email to TrevorBTRaffle at gmail.com, you can win an entire NovaCat cluster, Somerset Strikers Company, or other Catalyst Labs Lance Packs. All right, and we are back. So I did want to touch on like uh, what you guys, like, everyone has their own like mental way when they're building the list, and I wanted to kind of pick your brains on how each of you builds an alpha strike list like are you building a gimmicky list for 350s are you building like a fluffy list and trying to like take things that you might not normally to fill it in or are you just taking like 
okay, medium range, best range, you know, what's the highest damage, fastest TMM I can get in there? Yeah. Aaron, um, Aaron you go first. Okay. Um, <laughs> Beatles. <when> I, yeah. <laughs> Sum it up. Beatles. <laughs> so, what I. So, the gimmick I, list. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, now, with the Faction and Era, I, I will say I, I was a little against Faction and Era until I like was forced to build a Faction and Era list. So, I was like, well, let's see what Fed Sons. Civil War is, or Clan Invasion, I think. And I found, like, a Devastator and a Night Star, and I'm like, oh, these are cool units, and this and that. I, I think I have the miniatures for these. And then I got a little carried away. I was like, okay, let's step it back. Okay, so usually when I'm building a list, I like I have, like, a three- or four-pronged approach. It's I like my, tur- like my turrets. So I, I got to have at least two mechs or vehicles that can dish out five and above medium range damage. I need to be able to put the hurt on someone if I really need to. Um, If they move fast, great. If they don't, hopefully they got enough armor and structure. Um, This is where I'm a big fan of mechs with standard engines because they have double the, the structure. And in Alpha Strike, if your unit is on the board, it can, and shooting, for one extra round, that can make a, a huge difference in the game. So um, I usually like to have a couple of, of heavy hitters. Then you got to have some speed mechs. Um, some you know jumping is nice; it's not necessary. Somewhere in the range of you know sixteen to twenty inch movement, if you could have it. Um, and that's basically for <clears throat> a lot of the scenarios are requiring some sort of unit to be in a space to do a thing. Well, the faster I can get there than my opponent, then good for me. Um, so once I, I, I usually kind of work down, I, I like to get my mech list done first. So a couple of speedsters, medium and heavy mechs are great fillers because they fall within, you know, 30 to 40 points. And that's that's a nice little especially when we talk about sideboarding, I can swap those out for, for individual stuff. Um, I'll try to, I'll try to include a little bit of everything, a little bit of flack, um, you know, maybe one unit with ECM just in case I run into uh, C3. Um, heat is nice. Heat is, I always equate heat and alpha strike to, uh, I don't know if you guys play magic, the gathering, but it's like, you know, a blue deck. I, it's control. a control mechanism. Yep. Um, That's what I took. And I, I really enjoyed the heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it can really mess you. Like, I've yes, seen units that go full heat gimmicky. And the problem is, is there there's not enough damage output with a heat list. Like, there's a couple of units there that chuck the damage. And, oh, by the way, here's two heat as well. Just infantry um, that that do that do heat and they get a, a possible crit chance, mm-hmm. you know, guarding a, a point. Josh, it's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to show so you. That's, it was your first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's where I'll kind of throw in some of the some of the gimmicky stuff. There's a lot of infantry, battle armor, combat vehicles that have that stuff, and they're cheaper. So that's where I'll try to throw in. Um, you know, a battle armor that has heat or a, a combat vehicle that has flak. Uh, 
Um, I try to get a variety of all of those things in my list just to maybe be able to counter something that somebody, you know, if somebody's bringing a gimmicky list against me, I've got something for that gimmicky list with my 350. Um, but other than that, then it, then it just goes to how are my 200s going to work? So a big thing we harp on is solidify your 200s, right? Um, make sure that this assault mech, this assault mech will fit in with, you know, three other units that make up 200 points. Because if you're going, well, I'm going to bring three assault mechs. Well, then you're stuck at 178. And you're like, okay, what am I going to put in at 22 points? Like, do I put in this guy that's just a filler or this or this? Uh, sometimes two medium mechs in place of an assault can be uh, more beneficial. So um, I will work out my 200s and then I'll tinker from there. I'll make sure, okay, this battle armor and this transport equal combined value this VTOL or this mech. So if I need to, I can I can do a simple one for two and not go up any PV. Um, but for me, that's that's what I do. I try to find some interesting new units that I want to use uh, or models that I've never played with before that have the same stat line for what I'm going for. And then, yeah, my biggest thing is the 200s. I, I try to make a couple of variations of a 200 list and then build on that to try to plug and play is basically how I, I do mine. Okay. So I don't really go for gimmick. I just try to go for the, the toolbox. <laughs> That's not what I heard. <laughs> uh, Aaron Ghost Bears. covered That's most all. of it. <laughs> um, that pretty much covers a lot of all of our different ways we find stuff. <clears throat> I mean, besides Coach. that, it's it's mostly just sorry factions or what you're trying to do specifically to the objectives or to the opponent. Well, I've played against Matt enough that he is he is a bit of a min maxer, so he he does like speed. I know that for a fact. He's a big fan of speed, but when he wants to go big, he goes big. <laughs> so. Um, it is, it is fun to see like Matt's ghost bear player and he loves his ghost bears and he gets to try out the dominion, the, the, uh, all kinds of different, different eras, but, um, not all of them. Cause it basically splits from like 30, 60 or before. <clears throat> so yeah. if you have clan ghost bear before and general, what general clan or home clan, then it switches and basically drops off the shelf, and then you have Rasselhog Dominion and Inner Sphere Clan, and that's it. So, mm. I mean, the funny thing is, is that just before thirty sixty, when it drops off, Rasselhog Republic, like Jihad, is actually better than the Ghost Bears of Rasselhog Dominion. So, there's a point where the Rasselhog Republic is better than the you know, like uh, the the uh, the Dark Age or later Rasselhog Dominion. But I do want to add something with especially Matt and I because we play almost every Thursday night. We we've, we've been playtesting this for I mean 
him and I have played a lot of games together. Uh, I saw this in X Wing as well. I have I'm, I'm always a tinker. I always got to I'll have a new list next week and a new list next week. Matt is the smart player, which he he has his core uh, units and gets better at those units. So when he's on the board, he knows exactly what every unit can do, what it can't do, how it can move, uh, which units co- complement each other. I'm I'm slowly learning to be how that player. I've got three lists that I'm, I'm not going to make any more lists. I'm going to get good at those lists. and uh, But it's been great for playtesting between us because we're both sides of the coin, right? So he's the, exp- you know, this is my and list. And you're learning I know from how each this other goes. too. Right, right. And he's learning uh, new units that I'm bringing to the table and how he can react to them. And I'm learning how I can overcome his experience with my units kind of a thing. So it's it's been a very good yin, yin and yang kind of a, a playtest group that we've had going on for, for us. So oh, I think the most fun I've had with the playtesting is using the terrain to get your advantage or to disadvantage your opponent. Putting all of your terrain to roadblock their deployment line. If they have like vehicles that lose four inches of elevation changes or level changes on hills with like wheeled vehicles, huge, huge problems for them. Or you put specific terrain pieces and then only leave that small gap where they can actually get the ground zero offset of the objective straight lines. So then they have to, they have to traverse and waste their movement to get to the objective unless they use VTOL or jump strong. How's Andrew make a list? I don't know. I mean, I I usually start off with uh, TMM2. That's usually a pretty solid requirement for most of the units that I take. Um, then I'll start looking at um, medium range damage and what units are available. <clears throat> and then I tend to build around um, a core, if you will, of these are these are two mechs that I'm going to have in basically any scenario that I play. Um, they're well-rounded. They do a certain thing and well, and then the sideboard to swap out, to customize for the scenario. What, what am I trying to achieve? Which usually <clears throat> I'm trying to have at least one fast hovercraft VTOL, something to flank or, to get behind my opponent to cause them to have to split their fire or um, worry about that guy in, in their backfield. Um, infantry are, I'm still trying to come to terms with what's the right, what's the best way to do infantry um, now with the load unload and squad size limitations and um, some different things there. Um, you know, one thing that, that I don't think people always remember is, you know, infantry can move through trees without penalty and they can shoot through the trees without penalty. If I'm not mistaken. I didn't know the shooting through one. Well, I mean, for the most part, you're always going to have them within two inches of an edge anyway. So, or close to, I would anyway. (laughs) Um, so they, they would never pay to shoot out. Um, I know moving through them, they don't pay extra. So, 
with the new load and unload infantry now may become, you know, the area denial that they have always kind of meant to be in the first place. So I'm coming, still trying to figure out what's the best way to go about with those yet. Um, I unfortunately don't get to play as much as, as everybody else does. Um, but I'm going to try and fix that here in the next couple of weeks. Like I said, if I'd planned out better, I would have been in Minneapolis this week playing all of you. But uh, <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> well, you'd have been I'm playing done. Andrew, not us. <laughs> oh. We're in we're in Northwest Iowa. <laughs> it's only a short drive. That's true. Um, <clears throat> but so I want to take it like a little bit higher from just the 350. So kind of like what we see Catalyst slash Hope we see them doing like now that we've we're starting to see Catalyst I don't want to say endorsed maybe sanctioned would be the better word events where like Catalyst demo teams are writing rules with they're making a push yep. to try to be out there more yeah uh, not and, just at Gen Con which is where they were yeah. traditionally you know yeah home turfing it I, I think they're trying to get away from just running a grinder and just running a grand melee or something like that. I think they're trying to step up their game, I guess is what I could say. Yeah. The the story the story that I've heard is is that uh I think Lauren was at LVO last year or was at a a convention that had tournaments and said we need to be doing that. So that is one of the big reasons why we're at ACO um, and red uh, has busted his butt to try and get the, the rules, the championship circuit rules done. And I think he's done a phenomenal job in, in getting to where he is right now with the rules. And I know that there are unsung heroes behind him that, that have helped get that done. Um, I'm excited to see how it plays out. <clears throat> I'm, um, I'm excited to see what we can do with 350 this next year um, and see where that takes us. Uh, do you see Catalyst like pushing for like a coming from like the Warhammer side? Like there's only one era that is played in Warhammer. Like there's no like going back, you know, historically to play old edition units. Essentially, it's like, OK, and now everyone's playing Ill Clan. There is there will only be the ill clan master unit list units and then you can play anything behind that. But yeah, d- expect the miniatures. Ex- yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a mistake. Oh um, there there's too many like it's so easy to just to just say you know, in general like general tournaments, whatever, but but it's so easy to say, well, in this particular tournament, you know, we're only gonna do this and and that's what some people want. And, and you have the ability to do that because it's already separated out. Like there's already unit lists. There's already like all the, the, the background work has been done. Um, I think most tournaments would, would of course just be whatever, um, you know, play, play whatever you want to have fun. But some of them could be themed. Like they could just be, all right, we are just doing, you know, you have to pick your units from mercenary lists in this era. And that's what this tournament is about. And I don't think that would that would hurt anybody. And I think a lot of people would have fun with that. As long as you have time for people to prepare and get those miniatures well, and paint yeah, them too. Definitely. De- definitely. 
and that that's, that's something true. that we went we went round and round with when we started talking about doing faction and era because that was kind of the way I looked at it as well is when we uh, are going to do good night, babe. When uh, we were going to start doing tournaments, you know that was that was what I envisioned as well is this tournament is going to be Star League. You can pick any faction you want in the Star League era, but it needs to conform to that era. And hopefully you're bringing a, a you know, a themed painted army. Yeah. But, but like your, your rules, the, the, the 350 version two rules shouldn't like, shouldn't have that as a rule. That should just be a, this particular tournament is going to use these rules plus these, this additional right. type, type of right. thing. Right. And that's, and again, that that's 350 rules, as we have always said, is these are guidelines, yeah. right? Um, you use what you want to use, and you can add to it with what you want, but know that when we run a tournament, when WolfNet runs a tournament, these are the rules that we will be doing it by. So that... You know, without getting backing from Catalyst or getting backing from the demo team, you know, you're we're seeing it right now in different parts of the country that people are doing 350, but they're doing it in their own way. And that I'm I'm thrilled that people are doing it. Um, but my concern is is that you know there is fragmentation and there's expectations and ways that people are playing that when we come together at Gen Con or origins or LVO or wherever that the people that are conducting or hosting those tournaments, if they are doing it differently again, that people may have a negative play experience just because of how people have gone about doing it themselves back home. Yeah. But as long as you've got a central place where people can go to get like a website to, to get those rules. And you can say, you know, a, a link in there, these are the rules we are using. As long as other people aren't calling them WolfNet 350 and using them differently, that's where the confusion would come in. Yeah. But as long as there's it, a, like this version is the current version. If you are not holding this version, you are not playing by our rules. It would be a pretty easy ish thing to do when organizing a tournament. Right. For, for classic, I think, that would be the easiest way to go if you're going to do a tournament for Classic is, hey, everyone, uh, it's Star League era. Pick any faction, tech level. You know, if you're going to do a tournament, you got to set the boundaries of what you can pick and what you can take. Um, you know, BV, tech level era. And then at least they have that information so they can – build their one or two units or, or whatever yeah. you're going to bring. <laughs> yeah. The, the detail and, is too granular to, to you, you have to be very specific because yep. the detail is, is so fine. And, and every that's event one of the hardest. Into, you'll still have those people coming up and saying, well, that's not how we play. Like, well, sorry, that's the way this event is going to be. Played. Right. That's, that's and, not this event. This event is this, there are these rules. That's so that's what we're doing. always, you're always going to have that problem. So then some people will be at a disadvantage when they come to a different event, if it's played differently. Yeah. And but I, I don't think you, that's a you problem. I think that's a them problem. Right. Well, you you and I and those that are sitting here understand that. 
Yeah. That is not always the viewpoint of the individual that. making the comment. Right. Because there, there are <laughs> some people that are unwilling. <clears throat> there's some people that are unwilling to change. And I'm sorry, that's, that's not our problem if somebody's unwilling to change. And I mean, I know Atlantic City is having their, their Atlantic City open. Um, I can tell you from us doing this for a long time playtesting almost weekly that you can't just put out rules within a couple of months and expect a, a polished product. Uh, I, I, I think there's enough brain power behind it that the rules that they put out are, are good. So I'm very interested to see uh, how it's run, how it, how it went um, from the people that are on the ground. Um but I just, I, again, our first tournament was <laughs> not as smooth as garage. we wanted it to go. <laughs> it was in, it was in my garage too. So I mean, it was there was all. So that it was a too, very but... it was a very relaxed setting. But you're at Atlantic City and you are in a you know what you're, you're in rubbing shoulders in Jersey. You're you're rubbing shoulders <laughs> with Warhammer guys and you're rubbing yeah. shoulders with all these other. They have a very tight knit way to run things. And I, 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 this is Battletech's first kind of coming out party where it's like, Hey, I have, uh, I have high faith in them. So, um, yeah, I wish them the best. Hopefully it'd be great. Do you guys, um, go ahead. I was just going to say, do you guys have any, I know we're, this was a mainly alpha strike meta focused episode, but do you guys have any predictions or thoughts for, you know, outcomes of the ACO? Like any any list rising to the top, any meta because that that's what I'm waiting to see. The the hardest thing, you know, that that is the hardest thing with classic is the the minutia of the tech, and I think that that is going to be uh, that's going to be very difficult. And I know that they're you know they're also allowing. Uh, Custom, you know, custom ammo loadouts. Oh, jeez! Uh, oh. Other special yeah. things too. Yikes! That, yep. You know, in in my opinion, you know, going out of the gate, that was probably a little much. Um, especially That's roll people. being first time out. But it, it's I'm I'm again I'm I'm glad that we're doing it. I'm glad that people are excited to be doing to to be playing it. As far as a meta goes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I uh, admittedly don't play classic a lot anymore. Um, Pulse lasers, TCOM. It just that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well but where else? Jet, jump jump jets too on on that. You got to have the jump jets. Where for... else can you okay. go? I mean, that's the only place a meta can go, isn't it? I mean, you have to standard go standard engine jump jets. Yeah, pulse lasers, TCOM. Well, they're only TCOM. allowing mechs from you know wave one, wave two, plastic and wolf dragoons, right. and only record sheets that are wave one wave two release so you've got initial viper in there viper should be in yeah. there because that that's got that's got jump jets pulse lasers yeah. uh, t comp and and it's a um and it's a heavy mech i so, mean and then if the you linebacker drop the, jet, drop the jump jets you've got the galahad too that linebacker d doesn't have plastic have so a- it's not allowed Goshawk, Goshawk, uh, doesn't have jump jets, but it's got to, it's got pulse lasers and I think a T comp. Linebacker is in plastic. 
Yes, it is. And oh no, I meant uh, I was for his oh, Galahad. Okay. I was like Galahad. But if they're gonna have specialized ammo loadouts, like that linebacker ammo. is gonna wreck stuff. I would, I, I would, so I would vote just, on the. Uh, uh, I'd vote on the streak six linebacker. Oh, the we we saw the uh, streak six crossbow win a blood name too. So I mean, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm yeah. I'm excited to see how it plays out. I again, being the first time out and the first run of the rules and the first run of a tournament, who knows, right? I mean, and it also and what we've seen as well. The biggest thing of a tournament is the turnout. Who are yeah. the people that are coming? And then how how involved are the people that show up? I hear Kyle so, or Leo is going to be there. Yeah, well, there you go. I hear he has um, an eight pack. The, <laughs> but I will tell you, if if somebody somebody's new and they come with their Mad 5M, they're not going to have a good time. <laughs> or Or somebody, you know, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm hesitant. I'm hopeful, but I want pre- it to be good. I want be it to be prepared for growing pains. That's the, I'm prepared I mean, for growing yes. pains. Oh, yeah. My my biggest thing that I brought up on the leadership meeting, and this is something again that we designed 350 for, is we when we built the tournament format and the vision that we had was to be able to compete visually with 40k and hordes and it, anything legion. that had terrain legion that has terrain on the table because that that's what draws the eye i mean when you see some really cool stuff on the table people want to come over and check it out mm-hmm. uh, 100 um, battletech battletech is really hard when you're playing on a paper map that is not something that's going to draw people to the table and say, Ooh, what's going on over here? Um, well, we've got, you're gonna we've draw got pop-up people. buildings coming. We're pop-up people now. We've got I, official battle tech terrain. Well, and it's we, 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 we've seen that with, we've seen that with events we've put on. You've got tables over there on the far left limit that people are just sitting there hung, you know, hung over, like watching, playing games <laughs> And you've got you've got people over here on the right that are like screaming, yelling insults, laughing, like jumping up and down. Where do you want to sit at? I want to sit at Dustin's table with that city that he made for BattleTech. You get you need to show them some pictures of that. We, we've got some people who do some impressive BattleTech terrain. So yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. But it's and, also the quality of the found- scenario or the game too, because you have some people that walk yeah. up and say, "Yeah, I want to play," and then they see that and they just get instantly turned off because like, yeah oh, i'm i'm already at a disadvantage i'm meant to lose when you give them the opportunities to win and to work together oh, you get fun and i know that uh, one of the, at the last cdt meeting i think that they were talking about that they had a premier table that they were 3d printing some terrain mm-hmm. to give it to, to give it some depth and i was extremely happy that what I had said took hold and people are at least we're going to have one table, right. That'll have some 3d terrain and, and draw the eye. But 
that that was also one of the you know one of the big drawbacks for me for classic is is it's it, the hexed terrain is absolutely has a place it's just not visually appealing um, it's difficult because the the hexes and the mechs and the map are all three different scales and like, you've got limitations. Yeah, the, the hill, the hill, the map that the hill is on, and the mech that's on the hill are all three totally different scales. So looking at it, it doesn't logically make sense unless you already know what those scales are, and that's why the rules work for it. But just looking at it, and and that's the biggest thing I have to explain to new players is look, this isn't gonna make sense to your brain for a little while because because it's like looking at an Escher painting. It's just not, it doesn't fit together until, <laughs> until you know it all. Yeah. And that is one of the beauties with Alpha Strike is that all just works yep. in the terrain. I mean, I will, I'll be the first one to admit that we, being a TO is very difficult, right? Um, having, to produce and have the terrain for all of the tables for the people that you're going to have there. I mean, I don't even want to tell you how many hours I have in making terrain. Uh, and I'm not done. Uh, I've got, <laughs> I've got six tables planned at this point that I got to try and get done before battle barn. And mm. that's going to be difficult to, to get finished. Um, but those, the tables that we do produce, that is one thing that I make sure of, they are going to look good and people are going to have fun playing on them because visually people are more excited to be able to take pictures and play on a board. I mean, there are boards that people will say, I want to play on that board because I like the way it looks. Yep. Right. That that's exciting to hear from a TO perspective because I put all the time in to do that. But I also know that, given when we are able to go to LVO or we do run this at Gen Con or we do run this at Origins, because that is where we will end up eventually. Um, I know that we're going to draw the eye and we're going to get people over. And the whole point of it is to get people playing the game. Yeah. So we're going to achieve that very easily once, once we're in the open. A battle mech in every household. That's, that's the end goal. There you go. Boom. I like it. Battle armor on every street. Mm. That's right. You <laughs> <laughs> know, did you guys have? See, I was expecting Gideon to be here, so I would, I would just, you know, get out my soapbox oh, for him. Personally, we know, we know you wanted, you wanted Gideon on a soapbox, and believe yeah. me, he's probably hating the fact that he can't get on a soapbox. <laughs> but uh, did you guys he's have got good soapboxes? I mean, he. He just needs his own own podcast. Just you know, <laughs> I told him to do battle history soap. briefs, <laughs> battle soap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but did you guys have anything else you really wanted to touch on? Like, I know we've kind of touched on a lot of the three fifty and kind of like where Alpha Strike is gone, where it's going, where it's probably going to end up. But I think you're seeing another big push too, where commentating is getting very popular. So you have people videoing and commentating on the strategies and tactics during gameplay. And it's fun because people are at home instead of watching NASCAR, they're watching a tabletop game at a tournament six states away. 
and they're cracking a beer or they're 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 having their kids watch you know like hey what do you get what are you watching like they're moving pieces on the train <laughs> what's happening like he just got blown up and wrecked <laughs> i i will say it's it's really nice having a lot more content creators for BattleTech. Um, it's it was probably a ghost town six seven years ago, and now all of a sudden there's there's a bunch of, of outlets out there. So uh, the Kickstarter basically did what it was supposed to do. It kickstarted BattleTech into a whole other like none of us have seen BattleTech like Resurgence. this ever. I don't think. Would oh you, yeah, it was would, crazy. Would you say crazy. it took us out of the dark ages? Ah, oh, but um. Oh, that was- that was I like that. That was good. That was good. That was terrible. <laughs> Entire episode like set it. up for the single joke, but it works. <laughs> but uh, yeah, awesome. no, it's, I, I'm just enjoying a lot of people stepping out of their comfort zones and, and giving their opinions and, and analyzing stuff that uh, a lot of people probably talk about with their buddies, but don't, don't think anyone else talks about. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to see uh, BattleTech kind of taking the reins and and being a driver that that it sh- we all thought it should be years ago in yeah. in the miniatures and war gaming you know space that is um, tabletop gaming. So uh, just super I'm, super happy I'm about looking, that. I'm looking forward to you know this summer's Kickstarter. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Alpha Strike box set. And, and having, you know, our, <laughs> I call our, because, I mean, we're kind of the Alpha Strike guys, right? But so that we have a presence on the shelf for people to, to pick up and play. That was one of the biggest things that I was irritated with in the invasion, or, you know, in the our game of Armored Combat. You got these Alpha Strike cards, but didn't know what the hell to do with them. Right. right? Nobody, nobody knew what to do with them. <laughs> didn't, even, uh, didn't even include a quick start rule. I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> So that was that Sampler. was a little disappointing to see, but um, they're going to get that fixed, and I'm excited for that. Um, I do think that uh, Catalyst needs to uh, get behind this organized play. Uh, a lot of the players that are, have been away and are coming back or that are just discovering Battletech, those are the types of things that they're used to. And if they want to keep players uh, that come, that that is something that, that has to happen. And that has to happen, unfortunately, I think, quickly. And that will be difficult to do correctly. That's the problem I was going to mention. In, yes. In, in, that, in, that, time, in that time frame. Yeah. Um, especially on the classic side. Uh, again, classic is so hard to balance. I mean, we... We had a, a 6K rule set that we've been kicking around for a while, and <clears throat> Matt and Tommy have done a really, really good job with it, but it's just so difficult to get all the parameters and make it work. Um, yeah, the BV2 is B- a little unstable. Yeah, cause, cause BV is great, 6K but... is a lot for Intersphere, but it's not very much at all for Clan at right. all. No. I will say and, that's the biggest down, downfall for Classic is being able to competitively bring an Intersphere list when you know everyone's bringing a clan list. Yeah. 
Alpha Strike, it, be, it's boiled down to just numbers. Yeah. And being biased, I think what we've created and what we're doing is the closest that the closest thing that we have to organized play that could get kicked. I'm sorry, that could be promoted to an organized play. Our rule set wouldn't take much to get there. No. No, I mean, but, but it's alpha strike. And unfortunately, you know, the, the, the powers that be alpha strike has kind of been the redheaded stepchild for a while. Um, I'm, I'm excited and I'm extremely hopeful that, the Alpha Strike box set will open open eyes and open open minds to say there is room for both rule sets and both things can be successful. So, no, I mean even locally here, we've there was just no Alpha Strike presence. Like people were wanting to play big fourteen k BV two games on the BFM mats, and I was like. You can do it, but you're doing it on a Friday at seven o'clock. Like, oh, like there's another way. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's, they just that's wanted to get out of the house. That's all they wanted to do. Yeah. Stay out, that, apparently. No, there are, there are that's, people. There are people who are interested in in hearing more. I feel like I'm talking about a religion. Hearing more <laughs> about the Alpha Strike, um, and I will I will help teach them. Um, Blessed be the but, blade. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. But but it's definitely because you know I I already run several events there over the month, and there are people who show up to to some days and not to others because you know like we talked about way at the beginning, some Schedule. people have a way they want to play and, and they don't want to do any other way. Therefore, they're just not going to show up those days. Um, so I have a feeling that that I'm going to add another day for for Alpha Strike. So you know I'll have the because we have the mission series that that we run. And then we've got the what we call free play, but that's where we do things like the trial of position and and blood name stuff and just just the you know, their little like like role playing light session type things where where they get to have their own named pilots and stuff. And then um, you know we'll start up Alpha Strike and see what see what people think about that. And the camp, awesome. the campaign rules are fun too. I mean, mm-hmm. we've ran several different factions of campaign rules cooperatively to say okay i'll be op op four for this round on whoever you have to pick for your faction for a campaign and it, it works well it's fun yeah we we had a we had one where where um the the clan the the people who were going to play clan because we've been in the trials positions and they will bid against each other to see who gets to to fight you know because we've got a com star unit or whatever and that's how we balance it because like like you know you've got way too many points here and you have to bid against each other and whoever whoever bids lowest wins wins the ability to fight as the clan and if you happen to bid lower than than the uh comstar bv you get extra points for that um type of thing and then if you bid too low and lose then you then you lose points because you're an idiot no um, you just call in the next bid <laughs> yeah yeah Remember, we haven't you gotten just to call in the we, next we, biggest bid I, <laughs> I, I know that's how it works in the books. We have not done that. <laughs> we don't have that much time. <laughs> well, Charles, uh, Charles's group in Colorado, I think, did the best thing that they could do trying to introduce the 350 and Alpha Strike and all this other stuff in a tournament format. They did, uh, I think they just did 200 points 
and it was just stand-up fight. So the whole tournament was just stand-up fight. You just went at each other, learned the rules, learned the mechanics, um, rolled some dice, had a good time. And uh, like, if you're going to do an alpha strike, I, I would just, I would make up a bunch of 200 lists of mainly mechs and just run stand-up fight. Just like, here you go, guys. Here's your cards. Introductions. Have at each other. I yeah. think I have I think I have twelve um two hundred starter lists that are faction and mercenary specific that I could be more than happy to send your way if, if that would help you and in, in say just just on going. my desk alone right here. I have <laughs> I have so many of the Alpha Strike cards what just do laying right here. Like like that's not a problem for me to for me to take these and start organizing them sure. into lists and then uh you know, because... That wouldn't be a problem at all. I can do that. Once you turn them on to master idea. unit list, there's no going back. Oh, that, and that's yeah, all they that's do. A, Nine to five yeah. every day. Man, hey, the fact a, that Mega Mech now has a master unit list button when you're looking for back, so it takes you right there. It's a rabbit hole. Out, really? They I didn't just, even know they did. The, the latest release that's, that came out last week added a, a, cool. a view in MUL button in uh, Mega Mech Lab. Oh, well, that, yeah. that MUL is a drug that I have not been able to kick yet. So, yeah, because <laughs> you'll just have an itch that you got to scratch, and like, ooh, <laughs> I wonder if this unit works in there. Like you mentioned, the chameleon. The first thing I did was went to master unit list to see if it's a good mech. <laughs> oh, it's well, it's not, it's but, not but it's awesome. It's I, a, I like it a lot. It's a good. It's, yeah, it's it's got ten heat sinks. That's its problem. Ten single heat sinks. So does other every other mech. In, you know, <laughs> yeah, 25. It, it it jumps twelve and does two two, and mm. it has energy. I'm sorry, you're thinking Alpha Strike. I'm thinking yeah. Alpha Strike. I'm sure it's great <laughs> in Alpha Strike. I'm like it jumps a, twelve. It's and not. It's, it's only twenty nine points. Another, that's another point. Like classic units, they get real good in Alpha Strike. They do. Or, yeah, I've, I have noticed that. Looking or through, or vice the, versa. So it it changes your opinion and your perspective when you change the format a little bit. Suddenly, it's yeah, not so bad in your that, list. There are, can you start to like? There it? are classic mechs. For you. There are classic mechs. You're like, I'll never pilot that thing, and it's pretty decent mech in Alpha Strike. <laughs> <laughs> you just get wrecked by one. Yeah. No, cool. Yeah. Uh, anything else or? It's almost almost uh, midnight over here. So. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys are getting late. So, yeah. other than to say thank you for having us on, this has been a lot of fun. Oh. It's been fantastic. Uh, no, yeah. Again, thank you for having us on. Um, if your listeners aren't expecting a two and a half hour podcast, uh, you guys knew what you were getting into. So <laughs> that's that's okay. kind of our downfalls. They still have editing powers. They can cut that's, out all that's kinds true. of stuff yet. That's true. Make it's it a 23-minute podcast. <laughs> Part one. Part two. Part one. I can't wait to hear what you guys uh, talk about for your 350 part two. I was like, oh, no, I, I would normally bring them on to talk about that, but they haven't even talked about it for themselves yet. <laughs> Coach Andrew Bloodbath, thanks again for coming on and talking Alpha Strike and talking talking the dirty word meta with us. I mean, <laughs> the problem is I know as Battletech gets more competitive and more organized and just people are going to events, that word is going to come up in both positive and negative connotations. So I was like, let's yep. just 
start that baseline now. Yeah, and that's, it, that's but the I, funny I do part like too is we're trying to stay away from it, trying to like not allow or not keep metas in it. Sooner or later, yeah, who knows? You can't you can't we, escape it. That's the problem with the meta. We we try to keep Jade Falcons down as much as possible, <laughs> but they they just keep coming back. I, I think I think with the with the box set coming out and the force manuals, which are like basically the codexes, which are going to have a lot of Alpha Strike stuff in there, I, I think that's going to help a lot because awesome. yeah, it's going to be fantastic. I, I think Alpha Strike is only going to grow, and yeah, we're definitely going to have some some growing pains. But um, as long as there's people like you guys out there, I don't think it's going to go away. I'm expecting after the uh, Kickstarter, the how do VTOLs work in classic? And I was like, I can tell you how they work in Alpha Strike. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we appreciate what Again, you guys are thank doing. You guys. Thank appreciate you for it. keeping the community going too with your podcast. No, Takes hey, a lot. No problem. Doing a good job. All right, you can find the Beck Bay Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook and Discord, and a special thank you to our Patreons. Keep your ammo bins full and your neuro helmets calibrated. 